For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks. We are going into the showdown matchups because I'm not going to get to the Monday Night Football matchups unless I record all three of them today. So let's we'll talk about the Eagles Cowboys matchup. Then we'll talk about both uh, the Monday Night uh, Football doubleheaders. So we'll take we'll break it down one game at a time. First up, we're going to do Sunday Night Football Eagles Cowboys. Eagles three and a half point underdogs to the Cowboys uh, who are at A&T, so they're playing at home in the Dome. Uh, you know, I, I look at this and I say, the Eagles got walloped by San Fran, and if it was, you know, my dad kind of brought up this point, if it was a back-and-forth contest uh, where they lost narrowly to San Fran, you could say it's an emotional letdown. They got mollywopped by the 49ers. Like, the 49ers mauled them. So, I would expect that there would be a response from the Philly squad today, or tonight, I should say, that they take care of business against the Cowboys. Um, and it's more of a physicality issue, because realistically, the Cowboys' defense is going to put pressure on Jalen Hurts. It's going to be, the owners are going to be on uh, the Philly offensive line, can they blow up holes to get DeAndre Swift going? Because to me, that's the key of this game. It's going to be how efficient can Dak get the ball out to C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks versus uh, how often can Philly stretch out drives running the football and getting and, and moving the chains? Because if Philly is not moving the chains... This becomes a far more um, straightforward matchup for the Cowboys, in my opinion. Uh, you know, we, we can we can debate whether or not uh, this is a, a, a more favorable matchup offensively uh, for the Cowboys. I, I do think it, it is an easier route to build for the Cowboys than it is the Eagles, but uh, the uh, The biggest issue that I see uh, for the Eagles is, you know, if they don't get easy first down conversions, like if they can't get themselves in third and short situations or fourth and short where they can use the Philly shove or the brotherly shove, I think this becomes a much harder contest for the Eagles uh, to find a way out of because... From my perspective, you have to have 
ways of extending drives. And what I've seen with Philly the last couple of weeks is they've been far more reliant on big passing plays to kind of get the job done versus just kind of doing meat and potatoes um, drive extensions. And that's where I think they've gotten themselves into uh, a bit of a pickle um, working through some of these games. Uh, I I do think that uh, from uh, an overall philosophy, the Eagles are in a bit of a rut. Like, and that's just being honest. It's like, I, I think you think the uh, Eagles are uh, struggling a little bit offensively. And part of it is, you know, when you hit big plays, uh, you, you do try to get pass happy. I think Philly's uh, uh, biggest attribute against the Cowboys today would be uh, uh, trying to get uh, get uh, the ball down the field uh, with their running attack. But, uh, yeah, so let's talk about it. So if you're building from a Cowboys perspective, the route I would be looking at is uh, either CeeDee Lamb or Brandon Cooks in the captain. Uh, with CeeDee Lamb, you're you're paying top dollar. I mean, he's the... Uh, he, he is going to be the priciest player on the board. He's uh, 11200 um, so it's going to run you 16-8 in the captain spot, but he has the highest upside, in my opinion, based off of the, the Philly secondary. Um, I don't think it's that close between, from a projection standpoint, between him and A.J. Brown. Now, can A.J. Brown like have a monster game? Yes, but A.J. Brown's also 10-2. I'd rather play Hurts at 11,000 than A.J. Brown at 10-2 because of the fact that I know Hurts can get into the end zone in short yardage situations with a scramble. A.J. Brown still needs Hurts to kind of get him there. Um, so from a showdown perspective, I am going to put a higher priority on Jalen Hurts than A.J. Brown. But from a reception standpoint and find pockets in the zone, I do think C.D. Lamb can outscore everyone tonight. Um, it would not shock me. So I do like C.D. Lamb quite a bit. I already mentioned Hurts. Um, because I like Lamb, I am going to have to like Dak. Uh, I, I do think there's just multiple ways he can get there from a scoring perspective. So uh, Dak is 10-6. And so because of that, that's automatically going to constrain your lineup construction as to where you're going to build. That's why I think the Brandon Cooks captain makes a ton of sense. Because Cooks is 7K... And salary, that makes it far easier to squeeze in um, Cooks in the captain spot because he's only going to run you 10-5, and then you don't have to sacrifice as much in terms of your bench pieces. Now, on the flip side, uh, the you know there is a pathway where Cooks doesn't get in the end zone against this Eagle secondary, and he's going to get lapped by the C.D. Lamb. So you have to balance that uh, when you're building from a roster construction standpoint. Um, The fact that, you know, Cooks could easily bust and Lamb just crushes and you're just lapped by everyone that played Lamb and the captain. It's a very real possibility. Other guys I would be taking a look at, Rico Dowdle at 3K. Again, 
Tony Pollard has been getting work, but Dowdle has been getting work in the red zone as well. And you're getting a $5,000 savings over Pollard. Is Pollard going to outscore Dowdle by at least 10 points tonight? I have my doubts on that. Um, With Pollard at 8K, if I already like Lamb and I like Dak... Chances are Pollock's not going to get more than 12, 14 points. So, at that range, where am I really leaning towards? It's like, I could play, like, guys who could get 12, 14. I mean, it could be Cowboys defense if, like, there's, like, a pick six. Uh, Aubrey could get there with a couple of long field goals. It's, like, it's hard to kind of get there with... uh, um, Tony Pollard tonight against that Eagles run defense. It, like I, I just don't envy the spot. I'd rather just play Dowdle and hope for a goal line touchdown um, to get me there. And it's 3K, so I'm not as down about it. So um, that's where I would be kind of looking at from a build, uh, build standpoint. The other guys I, I'd probably be taking a look, uh, look at is... Uh, uh, Tolbert on the Cowboys uh, receiving staff, he's like 1,200. Um, again, this is more because of... Uh, oh, Tolbert's like 2,800, and then there's Turpin, who's like uh, 1,600. Um, but again, some of the secondary wide receivers, uh, they've kind of taken a role away from Michael Gallup. Now, Gallup has had some decent matchups against... Philly in the past, the issue is Gallup is 3,200. I'd rather play Dowdle, um, truth be told. So that's the issue is that Gallup's getting squeezed out by Dowdle. And then at that point, you're kind of playing um, some of the other secondary Cowboys receivers because of the salary cap concerns you're running into. And again, you you may all be wondering, it's like, well, Dwayne, you're, you're talking a lot from... Uh, the Cowboys' perspective, how do you win if you're the Eagles? To me, the Eagles' build is fairly straightforward. It comes down to you're either putting Hurts in the captain or DeAndre Swift in the captain and kind of working from there with their rushing upside. Um, could A.J. Brown get there in the captain? Yeah. It's more the fact that how likely is he to get there against that Cowboys secondary? I just think it's so much harder to get there with a Philly wideout captain than just taking the rushing upside with Hurts or DeAndre Swift and hope that they can actually get it going on the ground. That's the problem with um, uh, playing uh, the Eagle script. Now, could you do a script where you do Dallas Goddard coming back off of IR? And having a monster game? Certainly. But the Cowboys secondary is pretty stout against tight ends as well. Just not as stout as they are against wideouts. But uh, the Cowboys linebackers can cover tight ends. Uh, So it's not an easy matchup to bounce back from injury against. Uh, So, you know, I I just don't think it's necessarily one to force in. But on the Philly side, I'm looking at... Hertz captain, DeAndre Swift captain, and then I kind of work out my pieces where I'm ranking them A.J. Brown ahead of uh, Devonta Smith, 
but I have Goddard hired in Devonta Smith, and because of the salary, might just end up going with Goddard over AJ Brown because of you know you're gonna run out of uh, you're gonna run out of salary uh, due to constraints, and doing a cheap two hundred dollar punt. I just don't see as many viable pieces this week that could re- realistically score points, and that's what you kind of need. I, I don't think you can get by with a zero in one of the, uh, your lineups uh, for showdown tonight. So that's the way I'm leaning towards uh, for Cowboys-Eagles. As we said, we think the Eagles find a way to cover this game. My dad thinks the Eagles win outright. Um, I do think Dallas can find a way to win this one by a field goal, but... Uh, uh, it it's not. I I think from a fantasy scoring perspective, I think it's far easier to get there f- with a Dallas build than a Philly build. Um, but uh, you know we've seen stranger things happen in terms of Cowboys games uh, when uh, they're in prime time. So anyway, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna get into uh, the Monday Night Football matchups as well. Uh, stick around. Don't. Go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, we are back with the Dolphins hosting the Titans, Dolphins over 10.5 points, 11.5 is the line, Dolphins projected for over 30 points, Uh, you know, Titans basically at best case 17, if you want to round up with expectations, but uh, this kind of matchup kind of comes down to how the Titans want to play versus how the Dolphins want to play, Titans defensively believe in a pass funnel, so they're going to have a lot of passes concentrated to one individual. Everyone believes that individual's going to be Terry Kill. This could very easily turn into a waddle game. Um, just because they could just focus the attention all on Tyreek. Uh, it could come down to either waddle or they focus on Achan in the backfield uh, passing-wise uh, to catch the ball with his speed and get him out in space. Uh, you know, the default build is going to have Tyreek Hill. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I can tell you, your default build for um, Tyreek Hill is going to look something along the lines of uh, Tyreek, Waddle, Tua, and then um, you'll probably throw in... uh, uh, some cheap pieces with uh, the Titans like Aconquo or Keenley. Uh, so, again, 
I don't mind playing Tyreek and Waller together because I, I don't see the Titans being the team to slow down Tyreek when he's on the verge of uh, yet another receiving milestone. The issue becomes how much does he outscore the rest of his teammates by? And that's where I think it's a little bit harder to quantify because, you know, we could project Tyreek scoring close to 40 uh, uh, forty points in the captain, but I don't think it's necessarily a lock um, from the perspective of there, there, there are ways where uh, Tyreek only scores about 20, uh, 22 points tonight. And that's a big difference because realistically, that means a Tua captain can get there. Or, uh, as I mentioned, Waddle can get there. Achan could get there. Like, basically, playing Tyreek in the captain requires you to have Tyreek just nuke the slate entirely on his own. And, I, you know, you got to get every other piece right in the build construction to get there. I think your best bet in terms of being different from a DFS standpoint without not just completely shooting yourself in the foot is to take a different Dolphins captain and I think the best options are uh, Devin Achan and uh, uh, Jalen Waddle. I mean, realistically, in terms of game-breaking speed, the Dolphins are up there across the board. Um, my my caveat with the Dolphins is just, you know, we're not expecting much from the Titans tonight. It's just... Uh, where do we go to get ourselves a little bit different from a roster construction? Because that's the issue. It's trying to see, is there any way um, we can we can find a, uh, find a pathway that gets us a little bit more unique in terms of how we uh, uh, put the team together? Because, again, I don't like any pieces from the Titans. Uh... This does not scream a Derrick Henry game, although would it shock me if, Derrick, if we saw like a Derrick Henry trick play where he throws uh, throws a touchdown to someone and they just try to get a little bit different? No, it's not going to shock me. Um, I just think that there's a, there's a lower pathway for uh, the Titans players to get there. Now, I'm still going to uh, try to put together... And see if there's a, a pathway where DeAndre Hopkins could be in the captain. Um, because uh, Hopkins, salary-wise, if we're looking at uh, his pricing, he was $7,600. Um, Derrick Henry's $9,400. I, I just I don't see a pathway to get there with a Derrick Henry captain. If Derrick Henry rips off uh, like uh, an 80-plus yard touchdown run, so be it. I, I'll just take the L there. Um but that's what it's going to take for Derrick Henry to uh, be in the optimal captain. He's going to have to break off of one of it, those massive Derrick Henry runs we've seen over the years. I'm just not, I'm not as sold on that happening. But uh, could we get something out of DeAndre Hopkins where he catches a number of passes and, you know, by sheer amount of points and salary savings, if you get the right mix of, of. Uh, players on the Miami side, 
yeah, no one's catching you, but that still requires Hopkins to do enough damage fantasy scoring wise that he doesn't get taken out by one of the Miami folks because it it just ends up being very spread out from a fantasy scoring perspective. And that's the thing. In order for a Titans player to get there, I think A, the Titans have to score a number of points, and B, it, it's going to have to be either Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think the, anyone on the Titans touches the ball enough to even consider in the captain um, from my perspective. But, um, yeah, in terms of the build, as I said, it's going to be very popular building Tyreek captain lineups. I just don't see a pathway where that gets it done um, in terms of uh, how much attention is going to be uh, focused on. So, to me, a couple of guys you could probably keep an eye out for on the Tennessee side. Uh, We're expected to get Traylon Burks back for the Titans. Um, Not that he's shown anything of note this year, but... It at least gives them another passing threat option that uh, Miami's going to have to respect. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I-, I think the biggest news is uh, Derrick Henry looks to be good to go for the Titans side, uh, even though he got banged up last game. Um, because of that, you know, I can't recommend Spears because Spears got priced up to uh, Spears got priced up to 6200 with the anticipation that maybe there's less of a workload for Derrick Henry. Looks like Henry's going to be full go. Um, not as enamored with that play. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's the bulk of it. I, I think, you know, realistically, the way to go about it is Waddle or Achan Captain to get a little bit different. And if you don't want to pick and choose your skill position player, you can always put two in the captain. I just don't think Tua can ship the slate uh, on his own tonight. But it, it should be productive from a cash game perspective uh, or mid-cashing perspective in tournament. So, um, yeah, there you have it. We'll take another break, and then we'll get into my Giants versus the Packers. All right, uh, stick around, folks. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, last and probably least for many of you, we have the Giants in yet another primetime matchup uh, this season, uh, hosting the Packers. Uh, Packers favored by six and a half on the road. Uh, the projections actually have this as a Giants cover because uh, uh, they're projecting closer to a 21-17 type score. This is a little bit of a dicey game because... The Packers aren't really good at run-stopping. The Giants are going to want to run the ball with Saquon. The Giants, while better in the secondary in recent weeks, still struggle against overall team speed. 
the Packers have abundance of that in their wide receiver core, which we saw on display uh, the past few weeks. And, you know, realistically, I, I think they're starting to get the acknowledgement that they uh, deserve uh, for their development. Now, no Christian Watson, which is actually uh, a benefit, in my opinion, to uh, fantasy construction because you don't have to worry about the uh, diversification of the route tree um, as much. So from the standpoint of how we kind of look at the roster construction, um, you know, I would say that realistically what we're what we're going to be focusing on is, uh, you know, kind of what we saw with the KC game. How often do the Packers get Jordan Love in space and have him throw down the field? I think it's going to be quite often. I think you have a very viable route where in a game where a number of folks are going to be targeting Saquon and the captain, I think you are viable with Jordan Love and the captain because of the fact that, you know, I don't think there's a true number one on this team, even with Watson there. I don't think there's a true number one. Jaden Reed has made strides to make his case. Dobbs has shown flashes uh, uh, over the past two years. So there is enough there with the Packers' uh, passing attack. And the Giants have traditionally struggled against tight ends. So Tucker Craft is absolutely in play uh, for tomorrow night. Now... On the Giants' side, uh, you saw some signs of life from Jalen Hyatt. Uh, again, Tommy DeVito is showing more as an undrafted free agent than what we've gotten out of Daniel Jones uh, all season. Uh, take from that what you will. Uh, I am not getting into the Daniel Jones debate uh, tonight. But it, the the truth of the matter is, is that I think it's far harder to project where the Giants players are going to end up versus where the Packers players are going to end up. I, I still look at this as a case where the Packers defense is playing better. The Giants offense is still a work in progress. It does not shock me if we get into a situation where the Packers get on the Giants early and it becomes a very early night for the Giants. It's not going to shock me. The question is, Who's going to get there uh, fastest for the Packers? And I look at this and say that it's most likely going to be Jordan Love spreading the ball around to multiple pass-catching options. That's where I kind of see this going. Yes, there's routes for uh, Dobbs and Jaden Reed to get there without question. Um, Could A.J. Dillon get there? Not necessarily. I don't necessarily see the ceiling, although I do believe that Aaron Jones is is going to miss uh, the game Monday night um, with his injury. It seemed doubtful that he was going to suit up. And even if he does, I think they're going to protect him as much as they can and manage the workload. So uh, I I just look at that as a boost to Dylan, but I didn't like him that much to begin with. So his projection is still going to be on the lower end of the team uh Point right, so I like uh, I think he's around 13 14 points in my projections, but uh, I, I just I just have a hard time uh, giving uh, 
Dylan any more than that. I, actually, I, I actually have him even lower. I had him closer to 11. Um, but if if it's confirmed that Dylan's out, which I believe he is, it's probably a closer to a 13-point uh, projection than anything else. Um, I do think Patrick Taylor's going to continue to get the uh, two-minute drill work, so I have no problems uh, projecting him for four to six points. Maybe he gets in the end zone and uh, changes the uh, showdown slate, but uh, uh, I think it it poses some uh, comedic uh, value uh, if we get Aaron Jones in and still A.J. Dillon takes the majority of the carries and uh, everyone tilts over, like, why did they announce Aaron Jones playing if he was still going to be at a predominant time here? It's because they're trying to nurse... Nurse him back, and they don't want to uh, uh, overextend him. So, to me, even if Aaron Jones gets ruled in, I still think he's one of the riskiest plays uh, on the slate in in totality. I just don't see the upside with Aaron Jones. And, you know, if you're looking at this logically from a Packers perspective, why would you risk Aaron Jones on a field that has been notorious for player injuries uh, throughout the the past few years, I, I, I just look at this as this is no brainer that the Packers rest Aaron Jones uh, for Monday Night Football, but uh, we shall see. But in terms of the construction, I I look at this from the standpoint of I want to have exposure to Dobbs, uh, Love, and uh, Jaden Reed in pretty much all my lineups because I I do think the route tree gets a little bit more condensed amongst. Those two with love. And then the third option being Tucker Craft uh, in the tight end spot um, should be of value there. Now, from a Giants perspective, again, you know, the inclination is to play Saquon. The math from a DFS perspective is, does Saquon get anywhere close to 20? Because I think that's what you're probably going to need in order to justify Saquon being in the lineup, because otherwise it's going to be not enough points. So that's where I lean towards um, prioritizing love over Saquon. And then from the wide receiver options, uh, Reed uh, Reed and Dobbs... um, take priority over everyone else in the Green Bay offense and, you know, for that matter, the Giants offense. Uh, Now, is there any route where I could see the Giants putting up big points tonight? And I'm just struggling to see that scenario. Um, I know Jalen Hyatt's fast. A lot of guys in the NFL are fast. I haven't seen enough yet from DeVito that tells me he's going to be able to hit some of the more complex passing routes uh, that would get uh, Hyatt downfield open. Uh, I'm not necessarily in, in taking ple- uh, taking any sense of uh, pleasure in watching the development of Giants players. I, I want to, you know, from a Giants fan perspective, you want to win games. You know, tanking for number one pick uh, is not it's not a fun experience to kind of go through, but from the Giants' perspective, tonight's game is about development. Uh, 
if they win the game, great. But I think the Giants are more focused on making sure the skill sets of their uh, younger players stay sharp. Because from what we've already seen, the Packers are going to throw some exotic blitz coverages at DeVito, try to confuse him. Um, so you just want to see if he can maintain um, uh, some level of poise uh, and be efficient with the ball with not making the critical mistake. So, um, yeah, from a roster construction standpoint, you know, as I said, this is a love Dobbs uh, read build. And then the run back, depending on how you want to do it, would either be Saquon and then a cheapie, or you kind of uh, end up getting into this uh, space where you're trying to find which cheap Giants player gets there. Or if you just go the full onslaught route, there is a very viable path. Um, if you consider some of the cheaper players I had already mentioned, like Taylor, um, then you get there. There's also Heath. Uh, I, I I think there's a, you know, if you believe the Giants are going to get uh, get their you-know-what handed to them, uh, there's a very viable um Jordan Love uh, build from what I had I have already described to you guys. So anyway, that's gonna do it for the show. Uh, best of luck uh, in your contest, everyone. Uh, we'll see how uh, Sunday night football goes, and obviously the game's tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.